0: we're going through the book of romans uh we're on to the last chapter romans chapter 16 and it's verses 1 to 16 romans chapter 16 verses 1 to 16 next week is the grand finale uh we had uh and we kicked off with the competition remember that marina and you were the judge of um we made pizzas online and then uh And we celebrated that just a few days ago at at Patatahi with one of the winners there. So yeah, Romans 16, 1 to 16. We'll read it. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church of St. Criai. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help She may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponitis, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, my dear friend Starchus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and try, Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Polygon, Hermes, Petrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. A lot of names. Guess what? This is the word of God too. This is the word of God too. Uh, There are 26 people listed here that Paul greets and one he commends. We talked about that last week. Phoebe. He commends her. That's because most likely she was the one who trans, was about to transport this letter uh, written in Greece to Rome. Most likely she was a businesswoman about to travel to Rome and she was going to um, take with her this letter. So there's 26 people that Paul greets as well as Phoebe. Uh, 24 are named. 10 a woman. There are three house churches referred to. Uh, the two that are not greeted are the mother of Rufus, verse 13, and the sister of Nereus. As amazing thing about this, amazing, that Paul knew two dozen people in a church that he had not yet visited. He'd never been there. And it was 1,200 uh, kilometers from where he was. And he knew 24 people. That he greets. It's amazing. It's impressive. How how can that be? How is that possible? Well, people the the Roman roads were amazing. The uh, Romans were great road builders, and so there in in the empire, there was this incredible roading system that people used. So people were travelling a lot, and by sea around the Mediterranean. And this was uh, written 25 years after Paul really began his ministry. So he traveled a lot, people traveled a lot, and he had got to know a lot of believers all from all over the place, Mediterranean. Many of them, uh, after two and a half decades, probably had made their way to the capital of the Roman Empire, Rome. You've been to Rome? Marina. <laughs> And it was all empowered by the fact that Paul believed deeply in the church. Paul believed deeply in the church. Paul believed deeply, deeply loved the church. And he, and he knew all these people. He knew all sorts of people, all sorts of churches. Believed in it. And one of Paul's greatest regrets of his former life was the trauma and the violence that he had inflicted on the church. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9 says this, For I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Uh, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. Moku e I persecuted. Itahahi I'm on the list of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. 2 Corinthians 11. Uh, verses 24 to 25. In these five verses, Paul talks about some of the the trauma and hardship he had experienced as a missionary and a minister of the gospel. Five times, he says, five times he had received 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked frequently in danger from rivers, from bandits, from Jews and Gentiles in the city, in the country, on the open sea, in danger from false brothers, in labor and toil, often lacking sleep, food, water, warmth. Apart from all this, and now the drum roll, Apart from all this, verse 28, apart from all these external trials, and this is the pinnacle, the peak of his troubles, apart from all this, the huge pressure from those external trials, apart from all these external trials, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Apart from all these external trials I face daily, the pressure of my concern for all the churches. He tapu mea o waho. All those external things. Kote e Every day. Kote manuka nuka hahi katoa. Apart from all those external trials I face daily, the pressure of my concern for all the churches now Paul deeply believed in the church of God Paul cared deeply about the church of God he loved the church of God no wonder he knew the names of 24 people of a church that he had not yet visited but he wanted to he believed deeply in the church of God like Jesus Ephesians 5, 25 says, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Do you believe deeply in the church of God? Some believers don't believe in the church of God. And maybe it is because they are more awesome than the apostle Paul. Or Jesus, or it could be some other reason, but Paul believed in both parts of the church. He believed in the church. He believed in the local church—people in a in a one location, uh, dedicated to each other and the leadership of that church—and also the church universal. The universal church is every believer from every time that has ever existed. That's the universal church. Local churches. A time and a place and a people. and those uh, local church, local church Eugene Peterson was uh, the translator of the it's called the Message Bible, which is a really um, modern version that he wrote for his grandchildren in, in everyday American English, and he's famous for that, uh, but he's also a pastor for 30 years. And uh, his, he planted the church. It grew and grew over the years to 600 people. And you know what? He knew every person's name in that church because he believed in the church. He believed in the local church. The universal church, the disciples of Jesus in all locations from all times, when I was at Teachers College uh, 30-ish years ago, we went to Rarotonga. There's a trip. Uh, there's 50 of us. They call them a uh, tere party. We went to uh, Rarotonga. And uh, one Sunday morning, I wanted to go to church. Um, of the 50, I think I was the only one. And um, went in, snuck down to the, the back, and an incredible experience. They have this thing called Himine uh, where, Tuke, where they... Provide the percussion with the men with their voices. Sounded like drums. I was looking for the drums, but it was actually their voices. Anyway, the um, pastor he sees me sneak in and he was um, speaking uh, Tongue, and it's like, it's like Tereo on steroids. <laughs> and, um, and he started speaking and then he says, I greet you in English, I greet you, man of God. And then, <laughs> It was an awesome experience that being miles away, but still there was some, there was a connection there. The universal church. Wherever you are, wherever you go, there are believers, whatever language, whatever culture, the church universal. And that's an awesome thing. Two parts of a church, local and universal. They bless and feed each other. Uh, because Phoebe had been such a blessing to her local church at Greece, now hopefully she would experience the blessing of the church at Rome as she travelled there. Both local and universal church are important. We get into trouble if we uh, forget the uh, one or the other. They they both help each other. You know, if we're just focused on the local. Uh, what God is doing in our patch, our corner of the vineyard, we can get into trouble. Tim Killer from New York, um, part of many, many churches on the east side of, of uh, America there. They, they realized that they were good at, at us, at a part of a demographic, but not every part of New York. And so they decided they would, and they were wealthy, they would just fund other churches that were doing good things amongst poor people, because despite being really into their church, they believed in the church universal, that they could bless other churches. Uh, Another thing about local church, if we're too focused on local church, is uh, if we move to another area, we start to look for the replica of of our church. You're not going to find it. You will find another church, but you won't find an exact replica of the church that you've come from. Uh, local churches can become insular, can become someone's private little kingdom. The third letter of John refers to this. Uh, third letter of John, verses 9 and 11. Diatrophes were not welcoming the visiting teacher evangelists, and was, um, turning the local ch- he was turning the local church into his own little kingdom says this, he loves to be first and will not welcome the brothers. There's danger. There can be a danger of just being about the local church. If you run to the, only the universal church, there's dangers in that as well. You don't put your roots down into a particular community of faith. Always at conferences, always at combined meetings, always on the web, looking at podcasts, this and that. Not with actual people that know you, that can encourage you, that can rebuke you if needed. You're excited with what God's doing way over there, but what about what God is doing here? Are you aware of what the Lord is doing here amongst these people? You can have a tourist mentality. Um, uh, you know, it's amazing. Fantastic but you don't actually stay long enough to know the reality of real and regular faith community. But both are important, local church and universal church. So the first century church, they believed in the local, that their people in that location, but also the church universal. The Greek local church wanted to bless the people, the believers in Jerusalem, mostly Jewish people. And what God was doing in other places With other people, made the faith transportable, transferable, and could cross-fertilize. Paul believed in the church, both parts of it, local and universal. And Paul deeply believed in and appreciated people. This passage is full of praise, full of appreciation, full of thanks. You know, discouragement is one of the main weapons of the enemy. Next week, um, next week, verses 17 to 20, we'll run into some of those not so good things to be aware of. Some people will come to that. But here, Paul was able to speak out praise, he voiced his appreciation. Paul knew that the church was built on the foundations of faith. That's true, but also it's built on people, on people. He, he tanga. So he finishes off this long letter to a church he had not yet been to, acknowledging some of those people. You know, people are harder than concepts. People move. People die. People move church. People give up faith. People get grumpy, confused. People are not easy. But we still need to keep appreciating them and voicing that out. Uh, that happened to me on Tuesday morning, actually. Um, saw someone, and he just says, I appreciate you, what you're doing, what you're doing for the church. Thank you. You know, it, it puts gas in your tank. One of the American novelists, I forget who it was, says, I could live a month on a compliment. Um, let's look at some of those names, some things we can learn from all those names. Verses 3 to 5, Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla's mentioned first indicates she was a woman of great giftedness, usefulness in the kingdom of God. Paul's uh, fellowship with this couple went back several years to his mission in Corinth, Acts 18. In AD 49, the emperor Claudius had, all, had told all the Jews to get out of Rome. That's why they, Priscilla and Nicola had gone to Corinth in Greece. Paul ended up taking them, Priscilla and Aquila, with him to Ephesus and left them there to help with the new believers there. They risked their lives for him. Uh, probably that was referring to the riot. They were in, in Acts chapter 19. Verse 5, they had a church that met at their house in Rome. Same thing. And thank you for all those that opened up your houses, by the way, for house groups and things and barbecues and things. It's awesome. Uh, they had a house group, house church, so probably had financial means, probably relatively wealthy. They had assets to serve the Lord. Eponetus, verse 5, the first convert in Ephesus in the Asia, uh, Asia area, modern-day Turkey. Mary, verse 5, she's worked very hard for you. Doesn't say the nature of the work, but she was just happy to tire herself out on behalf of the church. Verse 7, Adronicus and Junius, probably a married couple, they were held in high esteem. In fact, they're called apostles, not of the 12, but had some founding or missionary role in the early church. Their conversions had predated Paul. Perhaps some of the converts on that day, of Pentecost in Jerusalem, probably fellow Jews. Verse twelve, Tryphena and Tryphosa may have been sisters. Their names come from a word that means delicate or dainty. But here it says, and Persa. They weren't dainty. In fact, they worked hard in the Lord's. Verse thirteen, Rufus. Rufus is mentioned in the Gospel of Mark, Mark fifteen twenty one which uh, they, the scholars believe was written in Rome, refers to Simon. Remember Simon? Simon helped carry the cross of Jesus. And it says this about uh, Simon. He was the father of who? Alexander and Ruf- Rufus. So many scholars believe this reference here is to the son of the man who carried the cross for Jesus. Imagine that. Rufus, tell us again what your dad said about Jesus. <laughs> Verse 14 and 15, Paul greets two house churches. Once he's greeted all the individuals and in house churches that he knows of, he finishes with a general greet one another with a holy kiss. Woo! All those long names, long list of names. What does it say? It says, some things there. He appreciated the role and significance women played in the early church. There's nine women by name, ten if you count Phoebe. Uh, he appreciated the importance of those that worked hard in the church. And the details are not given. It's just that they are hard workers. Thank you, those that work hard in this church. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, one of the things we learnt when we were in a, a house plant with John and Sarah up in West Auckland is, is small. We met at a Marae um, High School Marae. We just learnt, hey, we just learnt to work hard. We're always doing something. You're preaching or with the kids or we always had lunch. You'd cook beforehand, then clean up, put out the mattresses, put the mattresses back. Ooh. Go home, have a nap. Dale Hardy is one of the leaders of Link Church movement, and they were helping set up church one day. And one of the people sitting out the chairs said, "Oh, church should not be this hard." She thought about it and she said, oh, "Yes, it should." You <laughs> know, uh, Christ gave everything for the church. Christ loved the church. We can sit out some chairs. <laughs> He appreciated those that suffered due to their faith in Christ and his church. Now, some of those people had been in jail, put in jail, or driven from Rome because of their faith. Paul talks of fellow workers, but also fellow sufferers. You know, when you're shoulder to shoulder with people or ankle to ankle with someone in jail, you know, you get to know people. Paul appreciated his teammates and his and the teamwork needed to accomplish the task. Paul was not a lone ranger. I just want to acknowledge you, uh, what you, you people have done for this church. Um, Bruce and Lynn and others that have that predated us, that have been here before us. The church this month is 25 years old and almost hardly any of you have been paid and you've worked hard and there's been some pain. And I'm not going to start on people I just accept. I just want to acknowledge my wife, how much work she does, has done for the (laughs) church. Your work. Thank you, Charlene. There was a... 50th wedding anniversary and a great celebration for this 50th wedding anniversary and the wife uh, you know they had the celebration had the food and then the wife she spoke and she spoke of her husband and said he'd been a great provider and a wonderful father and a solid and faithful husband but she said to her husband she says no Never once in those 50 years have you said that you love me. And then she sat down. And then it was the husband's turn. He stood up and he thanked everyone and thanked the cooks and he thanked his wife. And he says, actually, darling, you know, at the altar, I told you that I loved you. And over those 50 years, if I'd changed my mind, I would have told you. But it's not good enough, eh? It's not good enough. <laughs> it's not good enough in a marriage. It's not good enough amongst us as believers. We need to just keep uh, voicing out, finding ways to show our appreciation for each other. It's it's so important. You know, the devil is a discourager. That's what the devil loves to do. So we need to encourage to give courage, to give thanks and appreciation to each other. Keep looking for ways to express our appreciation to the people of God, our brothers and sisters in the faith. And even at morning tea, we might be able to do that. You might be able to do that uh, to say to someone, that you've thought about it, you might have even told others, but they haven't heard it from your lips. Uh, you might want to do that even today. And we will... Pray for people who want prayer in any way. We're happy to pray with you today as well. Let's just pray now. Lord, I thank you for these people, and I appreciate them. I thank you that even by their uh, being here today, they are signified their love of the bride that you gave yourself for. I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, help us to encourage one another to appreciate one another we bless you today jesus amen amen Amen. Amen. have a great afternoon